Good evening and welcome to The Real Study with your hosts, Mr. Snippets, Black Girl Marvel, Mr. Marvelite, all the movie things, the pre-review with Super Kami Guru, and me, the Real Study Movie Voice Guy. Let's go to the poster wall. So, welcome back to A Real Study, episode three. Um, with us tonight is myself, Mr. Snidbits. I've got Mr. Marvelite, and of course, we've got all the movie things, and we are going to be discussing. Let's move back over the poster wall so we can have this all in one cut. Jojo Rabbit, Promising Young Woman, and Why the Last Man. Good evening and welcome. I'm just going to jack everything up tonight because if we are going to have problems, we might as well have them all. Get them out of the way, right? That's the way I look at it. So that being said, why don't we get right into Jojo Rabbit, which this was my first time viewing the film. And how how about you guys? Um, This is a movie that I wanted to see, um, but I had not. it's, It's interesting for me. I get leery about any movie that kind of takes that era um and and jokes with it like you you have the producers and i'm okay with the producers because i think the whole like it was around that era and um well the 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 movie takes place in the era and for them to go back and you know make a joke of it at that time you know it it would it was considered fresh for the producers i guess but then you have um this movie where You've got Taika Waititi like, like depicting Hitler and making him like a funny character, which I guess it's the same thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, <laughs> I mean, you have to remember it's it's a twelve year old boy's version of Hitler. Yeah, that he sees in his mind. That so that that's kind of what Taika has talked about. Is like he's not actually depicting a historical version of Hitler. He's depicting this little boy's imaginary friend version of. Him, that's why he why talks he tough him. to him too because he'll, yeah, he'll, exactly. he'll constantly yeah. be like uh, you're 10 get it together like what yeah. dude yeah. i'm 10 and, don't and, be and some of buddy and some of the dialogue like when he especially when he gets angry with jojo is yeah. literally part Nearly of the, the propaganda that was you right. know the speeches that yeah. he gave right mm-hmm. no i i thought that taika this was his standout for me as much as everybody knows that ragnarok is not my favorite film in the marvel universe He's still a brilliant filmmaker, and I can see that with this film especially. Um, this film blindsided me because it advertises itself as a comedy, and Taika Waititi is known for being a comedian and known for a lot of wry humor. So I was like, "All right, it's just, you know this will be fun." Yeah, uh, yeah. This movie rocked my world, um, kicked me in the chest. Uh, if you will, when, when you yeah. get to the, the heavy parts. And being that it's, I should have known. I mean, you, like you said, the producers, but the producers took it light all the way to the end. It was always funny. It's Mel Brooks. It's Mel Brooks doesn't let up and get real for a minute. And if he does, right. he doesn't put his name on it. Right. Um, this doesn't do that. This is fun and funny and ridiculous until you realize that it's just not. Um, yeah the movie combined with the movie the wave really hammers home hey here's how they did it i like that captain and this is a captain salty dog uh redemption by the way uh so 
all the movie mm-hmm. things. What what's uh, what's your initial take on maybe this viewing or what your even go back to your first viewing of Jojo Rabbit and just what you thought of the film overall? Um, I was really like I've been following this film for a while. Uh, Taika had been like working on this film for I don't know, maybe a decade before it finally was made, um, and like I had first heard the announcement. You know, and like I was locked in right away from from the time I heard the announcement about it, and I saw us in the theater right away, and I saw it like two or like two or three more times after that. So I've I really love this film. It was one of my favorite films of that year, um, and I mean I, I'm familiar with a lot of Taika's other stuff, and it kind of goes along with a lot of his other stuff. He he does have a lot of he does play with a lot of the same themes uh, as he does in this film, and. If you've seen any of his other stuff um, prior to Ragnarok, it seems like a lot of people know the the popular version of Taika. A lot of people know him from Ragnarok, but he's done all these great films in New Zealand, and they all, <clears throat> for the most part, deal with a lot of the same themes. And there is a there is some heavy aspects to a lot of his other comedies. Um, and like I kind of referenced the film Boy. If you've not seen Boy, you got to see that film. Um, it's really incredible. Kind of deals with a lot of the same stuff of like father son relationships. Um, even his short film that he was, I think he won the Academy Award for, um, was a black and white film. And it kind of deals with a lot of the same kind of themes. Um, kind of kids being like kind of on their own in a way, which uh, Jojo very much kind of was in this film. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough about it. I could talk about this film for this whole show, really. I mean, that promising young woman. I mean, it's incredible. And like, and yeah, that that reveal that I think we all kind of allude to uh, really hits. I mean, it definitely. I I had to pause. I did the not movie. see that coming. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I did. I know. It's death hits different so. for me now after my father's death, as well as having kids. Those two things kind of oh, yeah. added together. Mm-hmm make me view death in a very different way and uh we are getting spoiler territory but that's okay uh this is a spoiler filled show if you haven't noticed already um (laughs) muncie welcome welcome and welcome ray and welcome disparaging ragnarok i didn't say her say that yeah i it's not that i don't think it's a beautiful film or that it, it it's just not i don't know it doesn't hit for me so mr marvelite uh, give me some more of your thoughts, uh, initial thoughts on Jojo Rabbit, since you were looking forward to seeing this film and also saw it for the first time. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of movies that I, I I look forward to seeing or I want to see, but for whatever reason, I don't get around to seeing them. And this episode gave me a reason to do so. Um, it I find sometimes when it comes into heavy topics like. Um, both of our movies this evening are like, I, thankfully I went into Promising Young Woman not knowing anything about the film. I tried not to know mm. anything at all, mm, that's um, good. which messed me up even worse after, you know, <laughs> but, but with Jojo Rabbit, I think, you know, it was, it was marketed as a, as a humor, uh, as a, as a funny movie um, in a lot of ways. But if you really think about it, um, there is this underlying tone of, of how terrible things really were um, in Germany. And you have this, this 12 year old boy who has been 
ra radicalized and is a fanatic of an organization he has he knows nothing about um mm -hmm. other than what he's what he's been brought to to believe mm -hmm. and the relationship between him and the girl um and how he begins to and it's not so much of like this love story it's more of this this child trying to understand how to better hate someone ends up finding that he doesn't and he's struggling with that with that underlying you know there's a guilt for not turning her in there is a guilt for you know wanting to hurt her um he intentionally writes a letter in the in the um in the story for her, uh trying to be you know a letter to hurt her feelings um basically saying that her fiance hates her and doesn't want anything to do with yeah. her and as soon as she responds in the way that he intended he then immediately feels guilty and rewrites a letter saying i didn't mean any of that and the 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 12 year old little boy that you know thinks that he's really getting one up on somebody um you know and and that he knows better and the the engagement and and with Scarlett Johansson as his mother um i thought she did a fantastic job in this in this film um you Agreed. get this you get this like there's this there's so much sorrow with his mother but she's guising it with being positive and like trying to be humorous and trying to help him see the world for what it really can be not what he's been radicalized into um and to see where he is even struggling with his mother and she has to be careful because technically he's the enemy. And um, it was, it was something that, that hit like it's, it, it, there was also a reference in there to like um, the movie, not so much the movie Valkyrie, but that story that happened where, you know, he let people like Hitler said basically that he let people think that he was dead. Um, but really he just had, you know, bulletproof legs and stuff like that. Um and you have this kid who is, you know, is so focused. I've never really seen a movie to show that part of 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 um, of World War II. You never see the the part where how how basically the Nazis, you know, weaponized the children, and it's the first time. But you're seeing it from this kid's perspective, so it it, it hit me a lot. And and there is a part in this. I don't. I, we're we were saying spoiler, but we're all like like dancing around the the topic. Um, so I'm not going to say it. I'll let one of you all say it. Well, and we can put the spoiler alert up. Like I said, we have a brand new spoiler alert. Thank you to Captain Salty Dog for the, the new kind of uh, sleeker looking spoiler alert. Um, although I did get a compliment on the big pink spoiler alert, um, which, which we could bring back for fun times, but you know, we've, you've noticed the cartoons have disappeared. We, we can bring them back too, if we want, but not right now. Uh, this movie reminded me of, uh, cause in, in high school in the nineties, cause I was in high school from 91 to 95, this was something that we were taught a lot about the Holocaust. World War II was a heavy part of our history, uh, throughout school. And we had to read, um, night. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read that book. Um, but it is exceptionally heavy. And I feel like, I feel like Taika might've read that book at one point, um, because it definitely took tones and concepts, um, that are heavy from that story and many other stories from that, uh, that era and 
piece them perfectly together with enough humor that you could stomach it without without walking out like you do at the end of Schindler's List where you you just want to go to a shower and kind of like rock and sit, you know, in the shower, which is good. We all do new experience that, but not every time we explore these topics. And so I did appreciate mm-hmm. that I could get up and still function after this film. Um, other than that one part, other than the part. And I didn't say it either. I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to say it either. I think I'm going to let, I think I'm going to let Brian say it. Cause I don't think I want to say it either. Anyway, he doesn't want to say it. <laughs> We're gonna, we I mean, don't want to put this spoiler out there. No, not, not really. I, it, it, I will I put you the know spoiler. Honestly, that is the one thing we shouldn't say. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> I it, put the alert because out. if if anybody if anybody sees this, this is the one thing that they probably don't need to be spoiled on. Like that would That's be like true. that would be like that would be like us talking about how there's all of this cool stuff in, in Infinity. I, I hate it comparing this to Infinity War, but like you don't tell people about the snap. You just let that not happen mm-hmm. right um you know i i feel like this is telling somebody what's in the box if someone would have told me what happened like i was we were i mean we were chatting on discord um as we were either watching the films or you know and and it was we we kind of like we kind of like stepped around the topic and so i was prepared for something to hit me but i was not prepared for that to hit me right. and i don't think that we would do our viewers a justice by giving them the opportunity if they have not seen this film to to go into that organically and feel that i would hate to rob them from that it's not like you know you know a spoiler for like a comic book movie i i mean it's it's like it's like the the schindler's list it's like you know all these films that had these rocking moments where we would we would we would ruin that for someone i yeah. It just has such an emotional impact. Yeah, great. Yeah. If I have to okay. suffer, everybody else does too. We can yeah. avoid it. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I have no problem. I'm perfectly capable of discussing things without discussing them. Um, can we talk about Sam Rockwell for? A I moment? was literally just going to say that. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> he's so, so he's always a standout. He he's Man, amazing. He's so good in everything. And in this, he, he, I never thought I'd like a Nazi. Um, <laughs> so, but if there was a Nazi I was gonna like, like it'd be this one, man. You know what I mean? Well, I love, yeah, I love how they they kind of like hint at like <laughs> like these like flamboyant things that he has. Yes, yes, yes. him and the <laughs> and him and his captain or whatever. Goes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he just like goes all in. <laughs> That's the end. Like, I loved that outfit. So I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at yeah. that point, you could tell. Yeah, that so that point, you could tell the film was still from the, this boy's from JoJo's perspective. This was his yeah. perception of how these people were at twelve through the whole film. Um, mm-hmm. That's how you get away with it. That's how you can get so ridiculous, and it still still makes sense. Okay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, anyway. My wife is in the chat. I have to say this when we first started the film and there was that first scene where he's in the glasses and the hat, um, my wife thought he was Bruce Willis. And I'm like, how are you watching the same movie? Am I like, like she had her glasses on, but she thought I'm like, dude, if it, I'm like, I couldn't think of Sam Rockwell's name at the moment. I'm like, that's Justin hammer. Like that's, that's not, Bruce Willis. <laughs> that's that's safe odd Babel Brocks. Come on. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love Zafa. Uh, so long and thanks for all the fish. Uh, <laughs> that's a serious set of films that should have been made. That's talk about a series of films that should be redone. Anyway, 
Um, yeah. Sam Rockwell wasn't even in this movie very much. Like, I swear what he right. had, like, maybe 20 minutes of screen time. Maybe 25. Maybe 20. Like, not much. But he carried every scene with him. Not that everybody else didn't. Like you guys were saying, ScarJo did a fantabulous job. I was not completely with it. Hi, Mrs. Marvelite. Oh, yeah. Cowgirl's my wife. No, hi, Mr. Marvelite. I love you. No, she's my wife. Oh, Mrs. Marvelite. Okay, I didn't see that S. Just wanted to double check. Okay. I was like, wait, you've got a secret admirer. All right. Uh, Not so secret. It's your wife. So Jojo Rabbit. Oh, man. If we can't talk about that, it kind of. Okay. Can we talk about the relationship maybe between him and the girl uh, as they grew to know each other? Because things did go further and there were some shocking moments between them even that I thought are worthy of discussing. Um, besides the letter, because he kept doing the letters, which I thought were great, but the fact that she was willing to give him all these false, uh, reports about Jewish people, uh, in order to help inflammate, you know, yeah, make his his, his, like manual. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) which ultimately saves both of them, you know, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think some of that is like. I think deep down, like his mother's influence on on him is really what it kind of was like an underlying guide for him. Like, yeah, he really wanted to be part of this, like, you know, group. Um, I think it's like, if you you, like pull back on the whole thing and just take away the detail that it's like this Nazi kind of group, it's like, he wants to be part of this crowd. He wants to be accepted part of this crowd, but there, but there's this, opposing force and i think the reason he feels guilt and all these other things about the things he's doing towards this young girl is that that's his mom talking to him you know he's got like imaginary hitler in his mind but then he's got his mom's influence too who's who's kind of right there in the forefront and i think that's what's speaking to to his relationship or his growing relationship with with the young girl i like it i like it um, do you think that, uh, their age difference m- had any impact on their relationship? Because I, I swear she was at least a couple of years, if not several years older than him. <laughs> yeah. So she would have probably been what, 17 while he was 12. Yeah. So yeah, right. I felt that way. Yeah. It's just a yeah, guess. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that. I don't think they didn't feel like there was any kind of like I didn't get any like weird sense or like any kind of negative feelings towards their age difference. You know, they didn't really like it didn't really impact anything how I felt about where they were going with it. So no, I didn't feel did, like there was like a romantic thing. No, no, me either. Sure, but it so. did it impacted her ability to play on his naivety. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's going through a completely different thing. thing. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I think she felt safe too in that environment, being able to, which is what helped her to kind of be able to do that. You know, her mom or his JoJo's mom made her feel pretty welcome and safe there, and so I think she felt a little more, you know, confidence and kind of messing with him and jabbing him a little bit here and there. 
uh, agree going along with his thing you know yeah. i also have the i also have that that i'm gonna say this like with that relationship it was you have this entire like community and you have this 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 nazi party that this club as his mother like so properly like he, he wanted to be a part of a club that did not care about their own people they were cared they cared about their agenda and they had fed these false narratives down these kids' throats, and they they believed these things. Um, and I think she played on those those um, those prejudices to protect herself because it made him fear her. But then, as they 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 grew their relationship, um, he he you know he, he admits later he falls in love with her falls in love with her. But he knows that that's not going to happen. That he probably she probably looks at him more like a, like a little brother. But they're they're built that almost like a familial bond of protection because, you know, he 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 agreed to, not turn her in for the sake of protecting his mother, but then later on it came it became a point of protecting her. So, right. you and you have this this thing where he's he's he. He he's made to believe that he hates these things, and that's where you kind of start seeing. The, the imaginary Hitler start losing grip with him and at first starts trying to plead with him and then all of a sudden started like ordering him. Yeah. And as he builds a bond with the girl, he's losing that bond with, with the, you know, the fake Fuhrer. Yep. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where he, he had to break past. And I, I think it's a good story. And I think it's, it's important, not just because of understanding you know that era and what happened because we should never forget the atrocities of the past or else we're bound to you know repeat them but a lot of this stuff happens even now nowadays and i hate trying to say that because a lot of times you hear people saying like like uh, gina serrano or, or whoever else like comparing events mm -hmm. of today to like nazi germany yeah. but when you have a group of individuals that are radicalizing young people and trying to make them do certain things it's very similar and it's not it's not you know the government is like you know like the nazis it's when you have a radical a radical way radicalized way of thinking what do you expect your children are going to do and we're living in a day and time where there's a lot of radicalized viewpoints and almost it's almost as if the government is not doing like they did the Nazis are doing. The families are now radicalizing their mm -hmm. children. Right. On their and own. Exactly. So it's it's very it's very much a a a story that's appropriate for even today. I, yeah. I think the club yeah. is the big thing. So like that you you both mentioned mm -hmm. the you know, this group, this club. That club still exists today. The exact same club, unfortunately. It's just morphed and changed and now it's found its way yeah, to, be, to other countries and, and bigger, you know, mm -hmm. it's subtle, but also direct because of all of the inter internet. Uh, imagine how well mm -hmm. the Nazis could have done if they had the internet. Um, that's frightening right. uh, because they were motivated on point and they probably would have had hackers. And you could just imagine a modern day third Reich would mm -hmm. be f frightening. Uh, let's say, I just don't, I don't think we're necessarily there. Uh, I just think, like you said, it's, groups individuals but they're not coalesced enough there's no mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see this is getting heavy yeah. and it's okay there's, think... there's one thing oh, go go ahead. Ahead. no no please no, I... <laughs> go ahead go ahead I, I was just going to mention the the there's this thing in storytelling um that i noticed in this i would kind of go back to collateral as a very similar thing between 
Tom Cruise's character and Jamie Foxx, where they both start at, at different points and they kind of like form this X where like as referencing Taika's character and then Jojo Rabbit, they kind of like have this progression. Taika's character goes ends up going down and changing into a negative way while Jojo Rabbit's progressing up and changing and they're polar opposites. They eventually become polar opposites of each other. And that, and there's always like a midpoint where you can kind of pinpoint hmm. so that kind of happens. But I felt like that was, they did a, a great way of showing that in this film as well. I like that. Marvel, you were going to say something. Well, no, it just, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I know actually, um, I think the the thing that struck me so that at the end of the movie there's this there's this battle that takes place and I think what's interesting is you have all of these characters who are they're talking about how the the basically the war has already been lost um but they're 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 now Germany is now being invaded these individuals are now fighting to you know to somehow recover because they think that Hitler is going to you know rally everyone together to you know even though they're losing they're going to win still and you have that last battle and it i was so angry even though i knew at this point it was just like all i mean it was all ridiculous but at the same time i see where this could have happened where like she had the the grenade on the back of the kid and she pulls the pin and she tells him to run toward the army like you have these moments where they're like handing things to people and just going to make them fight like they just did not care what they were doing to those people that you know had supported them this whole time with money, with food, with, you know, their metal. I mean, you see these kids this whole time up until the battle, they're going around collecting for the war effort, you know, and at the same time, all of those people are then dead later on. Yeah. And it was, it was very, it was very sobering. Like, you know, I, I think it, it, I'm going to go back to um, a phrase that was said in um, Captain America, the first Avenger. um, When you didn't know, not a lot of people realize that the first country that, the Nazis invaded was Germany. And you see that with these people that they're just there are people that don't like it. Those people that are dissenting are hung. Um, you know, they 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 kind of slowly reference the trains to the to the, to the camps, but they didn't really go there. That At one point she specifically happening. says my parents were put yeah, on the train. There was that reference there mm-hmm. where she said they want to train and you don't come back from that. And you know that wasn't the story that they were trying to tell. They weren't doing a concentration right, right. story. Yeah, this was very much a the German citizens. You know, the mm-hmm. the girl was the plot piece to to see Jojo develop. Yeah. Um. And and this was very much a a story about the German people and what they were, how they were during this time. And I, I it really affected me just kind of understanding, you know, the people who suffered. You know. Of course, we, you know the Jewish people suffered the most out of World War II, uh, but then you also forget, you know, that there are a lot of Germans that did as well. And mm-hmm. you know, understanding, you know, what they did and you know how they had to try to even recover from that. And, um, and of course, and this is an impoverished, you know, town. This is not a, this was not a high class town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after World War II, they actually had to take a lot of the higher class Germans and ferry them to the concentration camps for them to understand. And a lot of them were, were going like they were going on a, on a tour. They were happy. They were laughing. It wasn't until they walked through the concentration camps and it was explained what happened. That was when they became somber and sober and, yeah. and were upset. And 
you know, they were the ones affected. It was the lower class people. Which are, which is true in almost all war. Um, yeah. Very few wars are the poor not affected. This, this movie definitely has a lot of commentary on a lot of that. I think the, the stuff about the kids with backpacks, uh, as Salty Dog said, that kind of stuff t still happens today. Uh, mm -hmm. Not backpacks, but the, the, the grenades, sorry. But he referenced backpacks. Um, I, I would say that some of that is also just talking about war at the time in general, because the Russians were notorious for that. Uh, they would send you uh, out, and if you ran back, they'd gun you down, um, even though they were fighting against the Germans. So the whole, the whole thing was nasty so there was a bit of a commentary on war a, a commentary on propaganda and indoctrination without a doubt i mean that's that's what the whole story is about and how that can take you and then other sub stories that i don't want to get into because of things so um i do have to mention um please going back to like going back to just kind of taking it back onto a lighter note in the actual film um you talked about some of these stand out like sam rockwell's character mm. other people that stood out for me too was like with just the little time that they had it made such a big impact like rebel wilson oh yes even <laughs> even like knocked it out of the park for me and and then also like uh, archie yates who played his, his like little friend yeah that yeah kid like oh, how do you i mean I absolutely love that little dude like yeah he's so amazing i mean he was every time the voice of reason screen, you can't help it yeah yeah, yeah. he was radicalized <laughs> yeah, but yeah he's like funny. no it's not a big deal she's yeah Jewish, so exactly. yeah yeah there's yeah. bigger problems i think war. he knew that yeah. he was supposed was so to just funny. do what he's supposed to do because of god and country and all that but then mm -hmm. he was smart enough to know what was going on but if he stepped out of line he knew what would happen too he was just like i'm gonna go yeah. along with it and this is what I mean about the way the advertisement happened. The 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 whole rocket launcher scene with the kid is in the at, is in the preview, <laughs> and it made me laugh in the preview. Right. And in this, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like it was not a funny moment in the movie, so much a little bit, but that was during some pretty traumatic and real stuff. While JoJo's just bewildered, you know, and looking around. Yeah. Um, I thought the scene with him and Rockwell when he takes the jacket off of him, wow! Like I was. Yeah. I was blubbering at that point. So, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that was an appropriate way of saying that without too much, I hope. I, tell me if I ever go too far, y'all. You can tell me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. This is a, this is a, it's, it's a hard movie to talk about because there are things I want to say that are about <coughs> things. And, and, and Rare Will, just say Rare Will, Rare Woo, Ray, 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 Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible with names. So, so just so you know, it is a sad movie. There are sad, there are some very sad points there. I would say it's more like a punch in the stomach at certain moments. Um, yeah, I say there's there, like some heavy moments, but yeah. but it is it is there are there are enough light moments to kind of make it palatable. Right. Um, just the um, the heavy gear um, the heavy gear training in the pool. One of my favorite scenes. Um, you, there's there's just like the communication um jojo rabbit's mom she is hilarious and a lot mm -hmm. of i mean scarlett johansson does a great job in this i mean just i, yeah. I loved her in this i loved her in um, the beard i think that that was a great scene oh it was it was fantastic mm -hmm. it was it was emotional but it was like funny at the same time mm -hmm. and you could tell she was you, a good mom from that scene like she was a good exactly. mom yep sorry and like even the weird stuff like i mean 
I mean, it's, 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 if you've been on TikTok, you'll, you'll see certain parts, but like, even the circumstances of like, you know, Jojo being scarred, like, it's kind of funny. It's, it's terrible, but it's, but the way they handle it is kind of funny. And the fact that like throughout the entire movie, because he has scars on his face, like everyone admits that he's ugly and, and it's just like a common thing. Like nobody's holding back. Like, do I look ugly? And they're like, yes, you you look ugly. Frankenstein. Or, or, or or what was it? The, uh, the Gestapo was like, um, you know, um, it is a, such a good thing that you were, you know, you were working toward the effort, being so hideously disfigured as you are, and it was like, it was just like, like the, the yeah, just the German, yeah, like the German, like straightness, like oh they're God. being serious, but it's funny at the same time. So mm-hmm. that whole yeah. scene where they come into his house and like everyone's like constantly like okay, so okay, him. so here's the thing, I immediately thought oh back God, to so... to spies like us. Uh, to the doctor scene, right? It was making fun. It was like Taika uh, going, oh, yeah, the doctor it's scene. Because so it's the doctor scene, but with Heil Hitler's. Like, it's yeah. so funny. Like, And at first you're like, oh, this is cringy. Cr- it's so cringy, you have to start laughing. Like, it's so good. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, think Captain it was cringy at all. I thought it was amazing. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I felt like, like, I know it's, it feels like we're talking about like a lot of the heavy stuff, but it's really well balanced. I mean, yeah. I was like laughing through the whole thing and, and Taika, this is just a testament to his storytelling and like his pacing and how he's able to time things just right. He knows when to hit you with those moments, you know, and then like, and then have some breathing room and let's have some more laughs, you know, and kind of like, yeah. So I just felt like it was a really well balanced film. Stephen yeah, Merchant. But they screech the break sometimes, like like it's it's funny, and then all of a sudden it's terrifying, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it, he he really pumps the brakes hard. Yeah, Stephen Merchant as the head Gestapo was yeah. perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean his humor, yeah, perfect casting. He doesn't have to do much to make me laugh; he can just be. No. <laughs> and if they were ever to get a cast uh, the Adams He's Family so live good. action again, he needs to play Lurch. But that's just me. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> now that's gonna be stuck with that in my head. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they have to give him more lines, though. They do, and he has to yeah. have a little bit of that Stephen Merchant kind of thing going. I don't know. Yeah. That's just that's just me. Um, a little smarter lurch. The casting in this is brilliant. Even Alfie Allen, and yes, I am cheating by looking because I'm terrible at names, so I'm doing it. Uh, who was best well known for Game of Thrones as well as John Wick is also fantastic. He's got like three lines in the whole film, I think. Like no lines in this whole film and yet he's memorable uh mm-hmm. as sam rockwell's second and I, I i love it i just think it's it's great great cast and again trying to talk about the humor side because it is funny it is it will make you giggle um and i yeah. think giggle's a good word i think it'll make you it. giggle yeah so why don't we rate it um uh it was a pick by Captain Salty Dog. Uh, so, uh, who would like to rate it first? I'll, okay, I'll jump start us off. Um, yeah, like I said, I can't say enough about this film. Um, it's definitely one that I'll continue to rewatch. Um, and yeah, like I'll so just the first off the the initial rating. I I mean. I'm kind of like with Lala, where I don't like to give movies a ten, but this is for me. It's pretty close to a ten. It's like a nine point seven, nine point eight. Um, and I think 
I would probably would have liked it when I was a 12 year old, you know, um, I probably wouldn't have like picked up on too many of like the subtleties in it. But I probably would have given it an eight as a, as a kid. Um, but yeah, like I, I can't recommend it enough. I, uh, I don't, I have a hard time trying to like pick out flaws for this film. Um, I could did an incredible job. I mean, he's worked really hard. He worked really hard for this, this film. Um, I, I think, I think part of it is owed to Ragnarok because of the success of Ragnarok. People were able to like easily jump on this film, you know, because it became a household name and I think it would have taken them longer to make this film. Um, but I definitely recommend watching all of his other films and you'll see a lot of the same themes in here um, that are in Jojo Rabbit. But yeah, please watch this movie. So. I like it. Mr. Marvelite. So it's definitely different than Ragnarok. Um, in yeah. my mind, I think the movie that kind of jumped in my opinion that I've seen from him was Hunt of the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was, it had serious tones, but then it also had that humor to it in some cases. Um, and it would definitely punch you in the gut. And I think uh, I would definitely give it a nine, uh, at least a, it's a very strong nine. Um, and as as a young person, I think the only problem with this is as a 12-year-old, I probably would not have taken it as seriously as it deserved to be because it's, it's a very touchy topic. Um, and if you don't come in in the right headspace you may think of it as making you know making light of it in a way that could be negative um so i don't know i i struggled to watch these kind of movies as a young person mainly because just like just like uh snippets i i you know i a lot of a lot of like the education system was going through this um i live i live close enough to dc where you know i have i have made multiple trips to the holocaust museum and that touch that point has always been touched on, um, but it's only been as of recent when people are really talking about like, like you had Valkyrie with um, with Tom Cruise that came out not too long ago. Um, you've had some other movies like that with I think um, uh, Liv Schreiber I think did a movie, um, and you have you have some you have some movies about that era that are not necessarily about the Jewish people. But um, I don't know I don't know how I would have felt about this as a as a twelve year old. It was not really something. But I would have watched. I probably would have waited to watch till I was older, uh, because I remember when Schindler's List came out. I just avoided it, not because I was afraid of the topic. It was more of a, I didn't think I was a, a like maturity wise. I was ready for that, um, and so I waited until I was a little bit older for that. Um, so I really don't know how I would give it as a rating as a twelve year old, because I, I, I just I don't think I I don't think I would have watched it as a twelve year old for that reason. So hope that helps. That's fair. No, that's a fair, that's a fair take. Um, because it is a heavy movie. Um, it, I know yeah. it's funny, but it's also heavy. You see the cover of the movie, um, and you, you may not run to see it. Um, at 12, like, sorry. We're talking about like it being like a heavy movie. It's I don't, not, it's not, I just, but again, I didn't see it as that heavy. Like it's not like Schindler's List. No, no, no. Right. And right. I said that and I agree. Like, I agree. Yeah. But from my 12 year old's perspective where I was digging on, Star Wars and Ghostbusters, this is heavier than the stuff I was palatable for at the yeah. time. And that's that's all I think Marvelite's trying to say as well. Yeah, it's, I'm not hating on the movie. I thought the movie yeah, was great. Yeah. And I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I, think it's, it, I think to get a good understanding of what was going on, it's a great it's a great lighter depiction of it without you know going too deep and too dark. 
Um, yeah, right. Without it's it a dramedy. Like some type of end times movie. Totally um, a dramedy. Yeah, but it, I just don't. I, I think there's a lot of people who struggle with the maturity at 12 years old that probably would not be ready for this kind of film. And it's I don't think I would. would be able to handle it. It's just at 14 or I don't 15. Think they would have it in with the property mentality. The proper mentality. Right. By the time I was 15, I probably would have. Um, but but at 12, I probably I I probably would have tried to skip this movie, or my parents would have made me watch it, and I would have laughed at a lot of the kid jokes um but i might have misunderstood it i'll be honest um i might have i don't know it's hard to think back and put that kind of reflection on these kinds of films mm-hmm. uh you yeah. put a comic book movie in front of me and my my 12 year old self goes woo uh probably because i'm still riding on that kid's love of those kinds of films <laughs> um so it, it is harder to to go back but brian i know how much you love film and have been a, a your whole life, uh, you know, has been obsessed with film. I'm probably on a, on a pretty deep level. So this, that makes sense to me. Um, if I had watched it, I'm sure I would have gotten it. <sighs> I probably would have given it a solid seven because I would have been like, Oh, it's probably important, but I wouldn't, I would have come back and explored it again later. And I did that with a lot of movies. Right. Close Encounters is yeah. a good example. Okay. So Close Encounters is, is mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. age as me. And that movie has some pretty heavy tones and some pretty heavy things, but it's also lighthearted in parts and funny. So it's not the same elements, but it's still a dramedy in a lot of ways. Right. So when I was a kid, I thought that movie was okay. It was interesting and there were some freaky moments, but then when I, grew up when i even became 16 17 18 i fell in love with that movie so yeah i think yeah. that this would have been that kind of movie where i would have kind of shunned it and then fall in love with it as i got mm. into my 20s so um, yeah, that makes sense yeah so seven working its way to a nine and a half now mm-hmm. uh that's the way i'm gonna put it there we go with that said, uh, we're going to move on to Promising Young Woman, uh, which is uh, a movie you can watch right now on HBO Max. Uh, we, it just started yesterday, I think, being on there. It just dropped uh, on their yeah, so. full release. It's not um, like a theater release. It's already been in and out of theaters. Um, yeah. But this was one that was coming available, and I knew that either we hadn't seen it, most of us, and I think Lala was pretty excited about it as well. It's a shame she can't be here to talk about it, but... Um, and we are, we did enjoy it. Thank you for choosing that one, Captain Salty Dog. We really did enjoy Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. I, I had, it was on my radar. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't. So you, you helped me get over the edge on that one. So yeah. thank you for that. Uh, Promising Young Woman is a different kind of movie. Um, another heavy topic. Uh, why not just get them all out on one night, right? Um, this topic. This topic is all about consent and pushing the lines of consent as well as um, it's a lot <laughs> as well it's as uh, trauma. Uh, there, there, there's so much of this film, but yeah, those are, those are some yeah. of the bigger themes uh, without getting too far into the film. Um, it is a, there are dark comedy moments in the film but I would say overall, this is not meant to be anything more than a cautionary tale, possibly. Uh, that's just one approach to it. I'm sure this we're going to unravel this as we go. Anyway, Promising Young Woman stars Bo Burnham, uh, as well as uh, Carrie Mulligan uh, and Allison. Well, those are the two stars. Everybody else is kind of uh, co-star uh, as far as. It has a great supporting cast, for sure. It, it yeah. really does. No, Clancy Brown. related yeah. individuals. 
Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but people, you could tell, wanted to take on moments in this movie to illustrate the importance of, I think, what this film is trying to say. Uh, and this film has a lot to say about the current status of uh, the way women are approached in this world. The ironic part is there are going to be three dudes talking about this. And that's a little odd because what we say, we'll meet, it matters, but uh, we're yeah. not going to get the perspective that I think maybe we should uh, on a film like this. But we're going to do this anyway because here we are. And, and I don't hope you, I hope you don't mind if I, I jump in here real quick. Snippets. No, please. Um, but just just for those of you, because I, I, I realized something after we um, right. did another film, just as a reminder, if, if you maybe feel like you're triggered from the topics of sexual assault or rape or anything like that, um, please be uh, advised. This movie was is, is definitely touching on that subject and it's unavoidable at that point. Mm-hmm. So we understand we'd love for you to be here. But if that's something that would make you feel uncomfortable and maybe, you know, in a personal experience or anything, it brings something up, you know, we do not want you to feel uncomfortable. And so I wanted to say that now that way you have a chance to maybe bow out. Um, because, because as much as, as much as we love talking movies with everyone, you know, we don't want to cause anyone to have any type of distress from what we're going to be discussing. We should be a safe place for people come and hang out and enjoy and talk about movies. So thank you for that. That's a big, that's a big gesture. Uh, and I didn't mean to skip it. Uh, but that's why I like to talk about what these movies talk about before we get into the heavy ones. The not so heavy ones, we can do whatever. Um, Mr. Marvelite, you walked into this movie blind. Very. Let's just get your initial impression of the film. Okay, so the only thing that I knew about this film was the rating. Um, and I was like trying to look into it. And honestly, I feel like the way that it was rated was almost misleading if you didn't know anything about the film because I literally watched this with my wife. That way, if I felt uncomfortable watching certain things, I could walk out of the room because I have I, I do get high anxiety with moments of, you know, distress or severe embarrassment. Well, honestly, I, I even stressed out during 27 dresses. So, you know, it depends on what I can watch. Um, so this movie was nothing that I expected it to be. Um, I expected either one of two things. This was going to be about the um, dealing with the aftermath of a person that has been assaulted, or it was um, a movie about like this, almost like this ultimate revenge type film where, you know, the people were getting, you know, either killed or whatnot for what, what they had done to this person and it was a little bit of here and there, but I never expected the the main character to be the way that she was. Um, so I, I mean, understand, guys, if you haven't watched this film, you know it's not for everybody. Again, um, but we have this we have this this character, uh, Cassandra, who um, had a friend Nina who had been assaulted, and you don't know anything specifically about the event that took place. And it's only pieced together throughout the film that you kind of have an understanding about it. Um, But the thing that threw me off was the fact that she would go to nightclubs or places and act like she was intoxicated to the point of where these quote unquote nice guys would try to help her go home, but then end up leading her to her house, their house to try to take advantage of her. But she wasn't drunk. She wasn't intoxicated. And she was using this as an opportunity to confront these people. And 
I her life was consumed. It, it would almost be like in my mindset of like a female Batman. Like her life was consumed in mm. making people pay for something that happened to to someone else. Because you have Bruce Wayne. He you know his parents were killed, um, and so what does he do? He goes and he has this code where he doesn't kill, but he goes and he he makes you know he he fights crime going on. She had a friend who you don't ultimately know like what happened. You can only assume what really happened at the end for this person. Um, and she is going and she is, she is going out at night and making people pay. And you discover that she has this type of code that she is, she, she is holding to that I found extremely like refreshing in a sense um, with how she was approaching and uh, addressing people. Um and it it was it was it was very it was very creative. It was something I hadn't seen before. Um, I was expecting her to kill people. That's just what I thought. Um, like I just thought it was that kind of. I thought it was like a death wish type thing. And That's what wasn't. the preview alludes to. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was it was so much better. Um, it is, better. and the way and I, I I thought of it this way: it's like, you know, I can never understand the fear that it, a, a, a woman would have to go through when people do not believe her and i would never want to be an individual that would contribute to the stressor of an anxiety of a person that had been harassed or assaulted um because i have my presupposed you know interpretations but these people were very open and upfront about how they believed about things and what she did to change their minds or what she did to make them confront what her friend had to go through was was very diabolical in a sense and i loved it and I, untraceable I loved how she, yes but she also there was like a, a line that she didn't cross right no it and, looked like she was going yeah. to that was the great thing about it was like you you could almost look look at her and be like oh my god she's she's a terrible person but she definitely does not cross that line so you're like okay like it kind of makes you question about how you think about these kind of things too. Cause you don't really know what you would do in that situation if you were her, but she does like still have this line. Like the perfect example was when she goes into the uh, Dean's office with Connie Britton's character. And like, she puts out this like terrible situation and scenario to yep. her, but it, but it never was real. You know, it's just like, Oh my God. Like, but, she but made you're it right. Real. And you're riding that with her. Like, yeah, she made it like, yeah. Oh my God. But yeah. No, or even so the right. friend she in the hotel room. Right. Right. Like, like yeah. she goes to oh these lengths to make these people <laughs> yeah. feel the fear and the panic that, well, that, that a, a victim would go through. And the filmmaker go, well, thank God it didn't happen to you. Filmmaker yeah. does that for us too, because we don't know. Yeah these things as we're going either they don't tell us mm -hmm. it's not like some movies where they're like they don't tell the characters but they'll tell us uh yeah. this movie doesn't it's tell really anybody, smart so. that way yeah it's like for me like emerald fennel who wrote and directed it i mean she's an excellent writer um she worked on killing eve as well and she's definitely there's always this thing in like screenwriting to like not to like basically trust your audience like your audience is smarter than you think they are mm -hmm. and this is a perfect example of that like she just does she doesn't lay it all out for you you know she like gives you just enough to help you like turn the wheels in your own head and figure it out 
So this is going to be a movie that it's going to be near impossible for us to talk about without spoiling, maybe not the very end, but at least a bunch of stuff. Yeah, maybe um, not the end because that's yeah, that's a big part. But the, <laughs> but the, the, but but yeah. even some character pieces are gonna we're gonna have to get into right some right. of that. Um, so to start, uh, I, not to start to break down some of these characters, but the one person who was the big standout to me, other than Carrie Mulligan, because she did brilliant, is Bo Burnham. Um, I, I keep keep falling deeper in love with this guy. He he's fantastic. Uh, I I loved him on screen. I liked that he brought a little sense of his own humor to this to this part. Um, charming as hell. Plays a good doctor. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, know if I want to work with my kid, though. No, no, that's <laughs> that's not quite what I meant. I'm talking about the actor playing the role, doing a great job. Bo Bo brought it in this movie uh, for an actor or for a comedian, and I think that you know it'd be nice to see him in more. Um, I I, uh, I don't know. It was I didn't know he was in it when I walked into this movie. I knew the base premise, oh, and okay. I knew Carrie Mulligan was in it. But I didn't know anybody else was in it. I just knew that it looked interesting. Ooh. The plot, the plot got me. I was like, let's let's take a look. Um, this, in the same sense as Jojo Rabbit, does not. There are there are light moments that are funny and even rom commy to some degree um, that that feel right. Uh, and then there are uh, other moments that are dark and definitely touch upon, like we said before, um, the idea of rape and uh, even taking advantage of people when they're drunk, when you can quote unquote, excuse that kind of crap. Uh, they get really into that saying that, Hey, just cause a girl's drunk doesn't mean you could just take advantage. Uh, and that's where they get into the nice guy thing. And they show several actors, big actors, uh, uh, that played those parts and they played them well. Um, including, uh, when, oh boy, Christoph, uh, Christopher Mintz plus, uh, yeah. plays you know, the guy yeah. you expect him to. He's just a, kind of a nerdy guy. And when she says, you know, oh, yeah, you, you're better than some of them. At least you didn't take advantage of me while I was asleep or passed out. Um, you could see him. And you woke me up. Right. You could see him feel sick in that scene. Like you could see the sickness building in his stomach as he felt more and more uh, guilty and put on the spot for the kind of crap he was really doing. Um uh-huh. And I think that highlighted a lot of things that are true for, for women, period. Uh, and I'm not yeah. going to speak too much on it because it's not my place, but I can definitely tell you that it shouldn't be happening. And this is something that needs to be more heavily highlighted. And this film does a very, very good job of highlighting that. Um, yeah. And calling people out, people who are enablers, uh, people who are... Oh, yeah, turn like to, turn Connie Britton's character was an enabler. Yeah, and like... Mm-hmm. Um, Alison Brie, Brie was another one. Like, Brie yeah. yeah, Alison Brie. Alison, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely those kind of things, and it's talking about like this, that Connie Britton scene is like huge because it it talks about the larger problem that is that's been a reality, you know, where like she can't take all these like accusations at face value, you know, she has to like give these young men the benefit of the doubt because we wouldn't want to ruin their lives. Right. But let's go ahead and, I mean, she totally didn't even remember Nina, right. you know, and, uh, but then all of a sudden when, it's, when there, there's that turn, 
and it's suddenly her daughter in that very same situation all of a sudden you know it becomes very real to her and she's like oh like the nightmare is real and like everything she just said is not you know it's holding the water so it's like that's a very real kind of scenario you know all these schools and stuff have looked turned a blind eye to those things because they didn't want to ruin a young man's life and that's kind of where the the title comes from is promising young woman it comes from a emerald fennel came up with it because there was a case where someone had mentioned a young man who was you know accused of sexual assault or whatnot they referred to him as a promising young man so mm -hmm. that's where she came up with the title for this film and they go into that uh, into depth yeah. with her discussion and they and they do specifically call out all the frat boy crap and the the, mm -hmm. the constant uh excusing that you know that we do with with women when it comes to well you shouldn't have which that sentence shouldn't be said let alone finished with anything uh mm -hmm. to the victim um and it definitely points out a lot of that hypocrisy uh especially when it comes to people in power people with privilege uh and people who mm -hmm. uh may have a potential career in front of them um right while forgetting about the two women who were completely neglected heading in the same career path. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is a heavy, heavy topic. Marvel, well, you're going to say something. I, yeah, so it, this topic always bothers me um, because there is this there is this mentality when you have it brought up where there are people that go, well, you know that there are times where there are false accusations and it's almost as if they're they're making excuse for people addressing this type of behavior right and it and 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 they touched on that where it's like you know do you know how many, how many accusations that we get and it's like no 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 yes we get that there are some times where it's you know it could be regret or something else but you don't don't just dismiss something because right. you think that's the norm that's not the mm -hmm. norm you know there are there are instances where there are people that the odds of the odds of of a person being assaulted or being taken advantage of you know are are extremely higher for women than they are for men and i, I would almost say that the the the, the rate for I, I i wish at this point where you talk about having statistics with you um but it's like just because yes those those things could be falsely reported does not mean that you you pay, give it a pass for everything that yeah. happens. Right, and the right. fact that they like they touched on the on the point of where it's like she asked for i'm sorry i don't care what person in this world you don't just say somebody asked like they asked for well she shouldn't have been drinking she shouldn't have done this mm -hmm. okay so so that's just all that is is gaslighting and, and, and victim shaming mm -hmm. and and you know it's like you could take that in, in everything in life so what? so we should just you know you, you shouldn't have had your store open that's why you got robbed you know, you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't have money in the register. Right. Or else you would, that's why you got robbed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you shouldn't have nice things because that way people wouldn't want to rob you. Um, um, it, it, you can't add that logic to anything else in this world and then, right. you know, think it's okay. But we'll do it for that. 91% of victims of rape and sexual assault are female. 9% are male with nearly 99% of perpetrators being male. And that's, of course, mm -hmm. excluding those uh in non-binary and or that's all like that's, yeah, that's justice all department that's justice department stuff and that's again reported and they say yeah. only one in yeah. four are reported and that statistic <clears throat> might yeah. even be low so, <laughs> so 
Right. It gets yeah. bad. Like it gets bad to the point where uh, there are the rest of us men who are not tolerating this bullshit need to be standing up and saying a hell of a lot more. And this is yeah. why I'm glad to be doing a, a, a movie like this on this show, because the three of us stand here and say, fuck this shit. Sorry. I think it's important. We kind of mm-hmm. put our foot down and say, if you're not on board with this on this show, that's definitely not your kind of show. Um, anyway, that being said, um, this this movie is brilliant. Uh, you said, uh, Mr. Marvelite, that um, I think how did I want to quote you? But you said something about uh, this movie had no business being this good because you expected it to just be kind of almost like a, a simple plot. But yeah. it kind of blew you out of the water. I felt like they yeah. took a, a kind of a typical lifetime movie plot and and ramped it up to like a, an elevated level with really good dialogue and. But the the base concept, you could see this movie on Lifetime yeah. every year. They'll remake it, um, and it will it will mess you up at the end. You will not expect the ending. It's just it was I was not prepared for it. And we were something yeah. that was, I would there were some things I was expected like uh, like with, with Bo Burnham, but right. not. Not with mm-hmm. anything else that happened after that point. Now, at what point and did you guys call the Bo Burnham thing? When uh, he was in the coffee shop talking about like people from the past. Yeah, I think I started to get like, real I really, I yeah. really thought, yeah, at that point. He was too nice. What? Yeah. Yeah, and like once I found out he was like, once they kind of like, were, yeah, exactly, like we're talking about how they knew each other a little bit. I was like, oh, there may be connection there he mentioned um, the boys he was like you know the boys right and i was like oh yeah. shit he was one of the boys and he's trying not uh-huh. to pretend like he was because he's picking up on a so, girl um, yeah yeah and yeah i i have to say like this is this again like with jojo rabbit is another one of those films that i cannot talk enough about um it was like my favorite film of 2020 i was like very excited when it first came out um i was like there when it first opened i've seen this one a few times now i literally just watched it last night again and still had the same impact for me too i was just like i loved what mr marvelite said so i was like had no business being that good i'm like hell yeah it's like it's so like even even when the credits rolled last night i was like god damn that movie's good you know like just man i love it it, it is I, I would classify it as like a dark comedy it you know, is like has the dark comedy elements, yeah. and yeah. um, because there are definitely some like so funny moments in it. You know, we're just like, oh man. So it's and... like very bad things meets a really good rom com, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. with but with some real elements, with some Not very real, real elements. elements. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And like, there's all these like great things of like these different visual metaphors of like being an angel or being angelic. Mm-hmm. If you notice like there's the blue halo. a couple of shots. Yeah. There's that blue halo where she almost looked like a saint, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like very much frame that she was centered frame. Mm-hmm. And there's that blue circular design behind shot. her. And she's kind of looking down like that, you know, and like doing something. And then there's like a lot of times when she has like what appears to be wings behind her, whether it be on the couch, you know, with when she first watches the video, and there's like these wings that shaped behind her because of that's the way the couch was. Mm-hmm. And her headboard even had wings shaped and she was always centered, framed. She was always center framed, framed, which is really odd in a film because yeah, most of the time it was um, great. It's, yeah. We're all center framed because this is a podcast, so we should be centered framed. Mm-hmm. But most movies, yeah. you know, you're gonna be framed off to the side. Mm-hmm. Now okay, there's we... a lot of like 
different like they gave more headroom a lot of times too with certain shots too so I, I kind of want to rewatch it for that because they did make you uncomfortable yeah. with the way they pieced the film together. There's a lot right? of different Some of the editing yeah. and the framing absolutely yeah. made you uncomfortable. Also, there, yeah, and there's this, this one shot I love too where she was with when she first meets um, Alison Brie and was and like getting her drunk. And there's like that turn when she she reveals kind of like why she's really there. There's it's the only time they do this, and it's like a low angle shot on. Um, Oh, dude, I'm going to forget her name. I'm Carrie Mulligan. And there's all those circular lights on the ceiling, but only one of them was red. And it's right behind Carrie Mulligan. And again, it's like creating this halo, this red halo around her. And it's like the only, it's a very like, I mean, it's very impactful and there for a reason. It's, I just love that. Which is interesting because so. <laughs> typically that's considered a no-no. Uh, you wouldn't yeah. want that there, but for an artistic and stylistic reason. Oh, no, yeah, I, I love that stuff, uh, yeah. But in photography, you would say, no, you'd want that over, you know, in the empty spot of the shot, you know, oh, yeah. or, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, can we talk yeah. about her parents uh, for a minute? Um, Clancy <laughs> hey, yeah. Brown, uh, who Brown. is a genius. Uh, and then, of course, um, oh, where is she? I always forget her name. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Um, Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> they were Again, so like, out of her. touch, dude. Yeah. They were so out well, of touch. I'm sorry. When I first saw her, I was like, man, I want a hot dog real bad. Like, that's the first <laughs> thing in my head. She is known for her there's, legally there's blonde like a, role. Yeah. So. Well, and there's a joke, too, that Bo Burnham makes about about her mom being hot. Right. And that was like, and the they said that was kind of a reference. Yeah, exactly. That was a reference to that. Right. Basically. But, and then there's another instance of, like, just like Jojo Rabbit, these, like, supporting characters having such little screen time, but being so impactful in the film you know well, really great. i love the scene about her birthday i, I think that was a, a standout yeah. scene for me because yeah. her mom I, i'm sitting there because now i'm a parent and i'm like if my parent if my kid i gave them a present and they didn't know it was their birthday i would freak out i'd be like what is wrong with you i, I knew exactly what jennifer coolidge's uh, susan's character was going through i was like yes why wouldn't why wouldn't you know that you're 32 it was her 30th freaking birthday that's a big yeah. one right it wasn't like 32 okay. or she had been totally. you know, up all night or so. She's literally going out every single night being weird. Um, and they don't know. And why is she living at home after med school? All those were valid reasons. I understood where they were coming from. And then they got weird. Those are some weird folks. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> they were out of touch with humor, which I loved. It mm -hmm. made them kind of mm -hmm. adorable. Uh, but they right. were, and they were like a great couple, but I don't know. It was weird. Clancy was barely in it, yeah. but I love that dude. Sorry. I could talk about it's it. so good. I mean, like that one little moment when she's first going out to see Bo Burnham and she's mm -hmm. like wearing that nice dress and he like leans out, you know, and says like, sweetie, just want to say you look, you look very pretty. You know, there's that one, like, it's just that little, such a little moment, but I just, you know. Well, you got to see she, her. She takes it in, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like, that was her. Yeah. I think that's the only time yeah. we see the real Cassandra from before. Oh yeah, totally. And there's this whole like, kind of like moment in the whole film where there's like a montage and like a series of seeing her finally enjoying life you know with ryan only to have yeah exactly only to have it like yeah, yeah. And, and that statement from the <laughs> dad at the dinner again. he's like we we miss nina but we yeah. really we really miss you yeah that hurt yeah, yeah, yeah. like this movie that, will that punch you was, yeah. yeah that whole dinner table scene was really great there's like the most humor and that one scene was was there it was really funny yeah, man, this movie. Can we can we can we talk about Alfred Molina for oh. a minute? Yes, we haven't even touched yeah. on Alfred Molina, and he's, and he's uncredited in the film. 
Yeah, is that is so he is. He really is uncredited. Yeah. I'm like going down the list here. He's not there. Interesting. Yes, please bring bring him up because his performance is it was important. Yeah. You know, it, it it's what I was so surprised of the 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 filthy lawyer was the only one that right. I, and you and you understand like when you, that, that even that short amount of time that you have him on screen like tells you so much that his his law firm's sole purpose is mm-hmm. to harass and to find dirt on on young women yeah. to scare them out of a lawsuit or from pressing charges mm-hmm. and like the, the the basically what he said is like he's like you know and this is why and, I, and for those of you if you're young if you're young in the chat and you're on here first of all you know thank you for being here but second of all i want to tell you this be very careful what you post on the internet and this was a very big lesson in this movie um he basically makes this comment where you know um, it used to be really hard because you would have to sift through people's garbage to find dirt on them yeah. you'd have to go and interview people but now you can go and find one drunk instagram picture or one one twitter you know post and yeah. that will turn the jury against you in a heartbeat and yeah. basically from that you realize nina nina it, it's it's not what happened to nina um the initial assault that has got cassandra on this path it mm-hmm. is the blind eye that everyone around the accusations that they put on her the 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 lengths that they went to destroy her name to protect this young man and that and and for her when she came to to him and this lawyer is they're they're claiming it you know he he realizes that he he has done wrong and he's repentant and that the law firm thinks he's having a mental break and this is it was it was probably the most impactful because it's the first time it's the actually yeah. it's the only time you see her forgive at all in this film right yeah like well that's um, her. i mean obviously she wasn't expecting it either she was expecting it right. kind of like see like all these other scenarios she's gone in she's gone in with like she's been fully in control right and then all of a sudden alpha merlina he shows remorse and like it's just eating away at his soul and he like physically shows that towards her and she doesn't know what to do for the first time. You and know, the fact and... that he's he he told his, the secretary to give his address out to anyone who asked for it, right? Because right. he knew this was coming. He mm-hmm. he he knew he deserved it, right? You know, for even yeah. playing the part in what he did. So, yeah. and for him being the one person that remembered her name and remembered, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, her, that, that was, was huge. That, I just got chills thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, yeah, so good. She was yeah. frightened then... only twice. No, yeah. she was frightened only once, and I think it was in his scene. Really, that movie, um, yeah, or that scene, yeah. Because of the fact that he kept saying, "Well, they judged me psychotic. They sent me on sabbatical," uh, and then he approaches her erratically, uh, and she yeah. jumps a few times uh, until yeah. he starts well, I, to I confess. Think, you know, yeah, and I think too that's because she all of a sudden like the control wasn't in her right her hands anymore. She right. like she knew what she was gonna do, and then it's changed on her. And like yeah, she was totally scared then. And, he did become and the then, like, when... guard. Yeah, and, exactly. And also, if you find out, if you think about it, not only did she forgive him, but she also gave him a path of redemption at the end. And I right. thought that was yeah, yeah, yeah. that was so I, profound. I was just gonna mention right. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Once you see that envelope, you're like, oh damn, like. So <laughs> it's it's about to happen. Yeah. 
uh, man, this movie, it is, it is so, it, I didn't expect what you said. Marvel light really does ring true. Like I, I walked yeah. into this going, Oh, this is going to be another, you know, whatever, uh, you know, movie. And then of course, as the actors start showing up on screen, I'm like, Oh wow, that's a big actor. Oh, well, that's a, that's a, and like, I just didn't expect yeah, all these things. Everyone's so amazing. Yeah. Right. But yeah, the fact that this is exactly what's been happening since the me too movement, uh, still, even with me too, and before, right. Yeah. And especially before. Uh, and then I know that, that Rachel mentioned, uh, that this was the Brock Turner case. Um, and this is taken from the headlines in that sense, uh, from not just the Brock Turner case, but many other cases that are just like it where people are still saying the girl should X, whatever it is. And like I said before, that sentence needs to stop being uttered. Um, A person should be able to walk down the street nude without being assaulted. That's, that's the whole idea is that they were talking about consent and assault and crossing lines. If somebody wants to be nude and show off their body, we can talk about the legality of all of that, but that shouldn't, that shouldn't lead to assault. Like yeah. so, at all? Like, period. We're we're all born naked. Yeah. So the idea that that some people could wear less clothing and that should automatically, you know, we we the boys shouldn't have to deal with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Control yourself. Uh, learn how to be a better human. Uh, and if you can't, then hopefully your kids are, uh, because we don't need it. We don't need this kind of shit in our world anymore. Because. You know, I, I, I want to do more. And this movie is just a, a small little sliver of what needs to be done. And I think everybody needs to watch this movie. Right. And it, much like I brought this up before, this is much like Don John in the way that this movie was advertised. Uh, Don John was advertised as kind of a bro movie. Like, you know, Joe Levy was going to be this great, you know, uh, man's man. He's going to get all the ladies. And that's how the preview showed it. Um several times, but then you go watch the movie and that movie is not about that. It's about porn addiction. Uh, it's about Mm -hmm. respect of women and respecting yourself, uh, enough to not necessarily have to compare women to fantasy women. And it was real. And I heard a lot of complaints after that movie from dudes going, what the hell kind of movie was that? And I'm like, Oh, you obviously didn't get the point. Yeah, I have a feeling that this movie is going to do the same thing, that the people that need to hear it the most are going to ignore this film. Uh, Oh, yeah. And a lot of them did. There was already a lot of that kind of talk out there. Um, I I do have to mention something that we haven't really covered in this. And so this is this is another kind of trigger warning thing um, regarding suicide. Um, Because that is we've mentioned, like, what is driving Carrie Mulligan's character and uh, I will say like the effect of her friend being suicide is a huge part of what's driving this and like why she is so consumed by it Um, like I'm not going to get into it but I just know firsthand exactly what that kind of like obsession that like kind of control something like that can have on you and that that intimate effect you know because there's like the statistic around suicide is that it intimately affects at least six people you know from um someone who does uh, commit suicide so it, that was a for me that was a huge part of what was driving her to like do this you know because she can't come to terms with the fact that 
you know, her friend is gone and she hasn't been able to let go of that. And so she feels this is, I mean, you, like Marvel, I, you made a good analogy that's like a very much Batman, Bruce Wayne kind of thing, you know, where she feels she has to like find justice for her friend because it wasn't properly found. So. Thank you again for the trigger warning. I, I myself have dealt with um, suicide personally on a, a couple of levels and it's it's hard for me to think about it, so I try to think about these kinds of things shallow uh, in order to get through them. Unfortunately, it's how we all deal with our things, uh, I think. Um, and again, this movie does touch on some pretty ridiculously heavy topics. Uh, you got to keep that in mind before watching it. Um, but if you can handle those two things, it's one hundred. Yeah. I will say too, it's, it's not like a huge yeah, it's not like a focus of the film, but it is definitely an element of her character i feel that is driving her i agree anything else you guys want to say about this because we have the show to talk about as well as uh pardon me wow uh, as well as sean's pre-review which i'd like to get to as well mm. oh yeah yeah because we can always um uh, some of the chat that's being said on. as well um i think is is important um it's just not being said by us but uh, again, I, I don't want to necessarily speak for others uh, in this case because I'm just mm. speaking as an ally, and that's the best I can do. Um, yep. So um, I'm going to give this movie a 10 just because it was a jaw dropper. Uh, I, I liked the whole thing, and I liked how it made me feel uh, in the sense that it, it can make you feel uncomfortable. And I think we all need to feel a little more uncomfortable around these topics so that we're willing to discuss them because it's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, it's important that we put ourselves in those positions. And it's true about both films tonight. Uh, they both put us in uncomfortable positions. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but I'd say it's a 10. Uh, younger me, 12-year-old me, would not have been allowed to watch this movie. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> had I snuck it, I don't know. I think this movie would have profoundly affected my life. I was raised by a cis white male uh, who was a first sergeant. Mm -hmm. Imagine mm -hmm. the patriarchy in my house. Uh, so I've, it's taken on years of uh, unindoctrination, and I'm far from perfect by this point. But uh, I don't know. If I had snuck it, I probably would have viewed my father and a lot of other men very differently growing up. So um, oh. kind of the way I view them now, I guess. That being said... Um, as witty as it was, I probably would have liked it. If I snuck it, I probably would have given it an eight. I'm going to put that out there. All the movie things. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's up there for me too. I, I'd have to say it's you know a nine point eight for me. Like I absolutely love this film and was floored by it the first time I saw it. And like every time I re I've rewatched it now, it's still just. I'm still just blown away by how good it is. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's just really, just a really solid film. And I love what Emerald Fennel has done. I really want to see more from her. Um, and it, it is kind of historic because of like, regarding like the Academy Awards, I think it was one of the only times that we've had multiple women nominated for best director. Um, this was the same year that Chloe Zhao won for mm -hmm. uh, No Man Land. So, um, yeah, it's really incredible. I don't think as a 12-year-old I would have watched this. I think this would not have interested me um, or would I have been allowed to watch it either. So, 
but yeah, I can't recommend this movie enough as well. Mr. Marveling. I would definitely say um, for me right now, a 10, I would agree. I, I probably wouldn't have been allowed. Well, I probably wouldn't have been allowed to watch it unless it would have been with my mom. And, and you, you said you grew up in the patriarchy. See, I grew up in a single, single parent home. It was my mom. And so for me, it's kind of turned out. I don't know how you view men now, but let me explain to you from being in a single parent home uh, with, 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 a, with a, a single mom. Um, I tend to work better under women leadership. I also have a natural distrust for men in leadership. And um, I will try in, in past. I've noticed that I've tried to seek men's approval, but at the same time, I don't ever trust. And I have like, you know, confidence issues when it comes to men leadership. Um, so, so yeah, it's definitely, it would definitely be a 10 because I think it's a, it's a necessary topic. Um, I feel blessed that I had a mom who, um, who gave me the opportunity to, to, to learn and understand things and to have an opinion that wasn't based off of, you know, you know, patriarchy norms or anything like that, you know, as, you know, as a man, I can completely understand where people and, and Ray Ray, I would, Lily, I would also say, um, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but at the same time, it's almost as if in this day and time, you have to automatically assume that men have bad intentions. Right. And at that point, let them surprise you by being a good guy, but never assume because sometimes it's the ones who know how to play being a good guy that are the most dangerous. And, you know, that's where you know you and and we you know men get too much of a pass for locker room talk or right. anything like that and that's that's something that's unacceptable and you know as men if we're going to say that as men in you know leadership or in society we should hold ourselves to a high standard to sh to be the proponents for you know equality and to make sure people are you know accepted and protected and you know if we're going to do that then you know we have to step up um but i i think the way cassandra approached this um men in the film was kind of like you know you know she she told the the president of or the dean of the uh the college she said you know mm. thankfully uh, you know as opposed to you i have a natural distrust for men yeah. and so she didn't put the daughter in a precarious situation because she knew what would happen Right. right. And I think, you know, that's the thing is like, don't be so naive. Don't, don't be so focused on. And, 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 and this is another thing, because we talk about like sexual assault, you know, about people being taken advantage of in, a, in an intoxicated state, but also there's also a judgment impairment because if you feel emotionally attached to an individual as, 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 uh, in my relationship with my wife, um, if I would have tried to pressure her for any type of physical affection, mm -hmm. For the purpose of her showing me that she loves me, I would be wrong for that, because that is not physical. You know, the physical interaction is not a requirement of emotional attachment. Right, and mm -hmm. we have to learn to get rid of that. Um, yeah. you know, it's like asking episode. kids to hug people when they don't want to, but well, it's expensive. Yeah, exactly. No, totally. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it's no, like totally. people people assume that oh, because. People think like consent doesn't exist once you're married or something. You know, no, like, consent is an all the time about. for everyone. Yeah. Thing. Even with yeah. my daughter, if she shows me she's not interested in playing tickle, I stop immediately because she. But yeah. then she'll grab my hand and she'll like make me tickle her side. 
that's that's consent. She's saying, let's play tickle. Let's tickle, you know. Mm-hmm. But as soon yeah. as she's like, ah, and pushes me away, I stop. Because even at almost three years old, she needs to understand what consent is and that she has a right to say no yep. to anyone right. invading her space as a person, period. Mm-hmm. Flat out. Uh, and I'm glad I'm learning that now before she's older and we can teach it to her while she's young. That being said, we do have a pre-review and we're going to have about 20 minutes to talk about the first episode of Why the Last Man, which I'm really excited about because this is a great comic and a great show so far. Uh, That being said, uh, we're going to move over to the Real Study Theater and let Sean take the next three and a half minutes. We'll be right back. How's it going, Real Study viewers? I'm I'm Sean and I'm I'm back with this week's pre-review of all the movies coming to streaming and theaters this week. First, First, I want to start start off this week by saying thank you to all the movie things for covering me last week. Much appreciated, but I am glad to be back. So let's jump into theaters this week with Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, Venom, Carnage, like this. I'm excited for this. This is going to be really good. I'm intrigued to see how this will ever integrate into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I really hope that happens. Yeah, so Venom 2, I mean, this this is a huge, this is number one this week for, especially for us comic book nerds, and I, I'm ready for this. Also this week, Nick Kroll, Bill Hader, Bette Midler, Chloe Grace Moretz, Snoop Dogg, they, they all return to the screen in Adam's Family 2, uh, for the animated movies, I really enjoyed that first one. It was so much fun. I've watched it probably half a dozen times. So yeah, I'll be checking this one out for sure. One that should be really interesting this week is The Many Saints of Newark. Starring Alessandro Nivola and Michael Gandolfini. We are going to learn the beginning of Tony Soprano. And let me tell you, if, if you, I loved The Sopranos. I thought it was absolutely incredible. I, I don't even have a problem with the ending. I, I think for a show like that, that that's a, that's a hit the nail on the head ending. For a show like that, it, it fits. So the idea to get a movie to show how he grew up, uh, idolizing his uncle, this is going to be a home run. Got to watch it. This week on Netflix, we get a suspense thriller, The Guilty. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who is a 911 operator who gets a call from a girl that is uh, seems to be kidnapped. And the details get very fuzzy and maybe things aren't as they seem. I don't know. It looks like it's pretty good. Apparently the entire thing is shot inside a uh, 911 call center. That Those type movies just jive really well. It'll be good. Getting in the Halloween spirit, Amazon Prime brings us Bingo Hell. This uh, is part of their Welcome to Blumhouse movie series that they have coming out for Halloween. Looks like uh, a, a, a small town with a bunch of senior citizens who really love bingo. And all of a sudden, a new bingo hall opens up. And uh, it, it's got kind of a uh, needful things. Needful Things vibe to it. I don't know. It looks pretty good. I I like horror movies, even if they're a little bit cheesy. So, yeah, bring on the Welcome to Blumhouse series. This sounds fun. Disney Plus brings us Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales this week. 
I, I love these Lego movies. I really do. They're all so much fun. They're well acted. Their stories are entertaining for both adults and children. Not to mention it's Star Wars. So, yeah, bring on some terrifying tales from Star Wars. I am very excited for this. And that'll wrap up this week's pre-review. I'm Sean, and I'll see y'all next week. All right, guys, we are back and here at the poster wall because we are going to be doing Why the Last Man for the wrap-up. And then here in December, I know that's only a couple months away, but in December, uh, we will be reviewing The Matrix Resurrection, uh, the fourth installment of The Matrix movies. And I don't know, maybe we will or will not revisit the whole thing. I don't know. I've seen them enough times. I, I don't need to um, because I'm a fan. Uh, that being said, uh, moving back over to the drive-in here, um, but it's up to you guys. We could always talk about them in, you know, the whole or the little, that being said, why the last man episode one. So this is a Brian Vaughn, a Brian K Vaughn comic book, uh, who, if you don't know, Brian Vaughn is uh, quite the writer within the comic book world, uh, known for even some great things like the runaways. Um, so great, great author. Uh, and also an executive producer uh, on this show. By the way, forgot to mention this. Margot Robbie executive produced uh, Promising Young Woman, by the way. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, this show takes a very different approach than the comic book right out the gate. And I was very shocked by that. Um, not in a bad way. Uh, but it definitely... It, it doesn't take the same format. Uh, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if either of you have read Why the Last Man, um, but it definitely takes a different format. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, yeah. I didn't read the comic. Um, I think I've read maybe one of them, and I don't know. I just wasn't super into it. It wasn't. It was. It just at that time, it was just not something I was really ready to delve into. Sure. Um, so that's just for me coming from it. Okay. And Brian, did you read the comic at all? Um, no, not not when it first came out, but I've been like getting back into it just for this show alone. So and I've already noticed like how many changes there are and everything. But I <clears throat> I also tend I've actually kind of spoken about this too a little bit about adaptations and I I tend to like separate the mediums, sure. you know, and, and kind of understand like I take them for what they are within their own kind of format. So that's fair. That's fair. From from my remembering the comic, and I have it right back there on the shelf, so I could stop being lazy and go back there and pull it. But uh, <laughs> it it starts out in in the future, in the time with uh, Yorick, mm -hmm. and you know, running along uh, with Ampersand and doing his thing. Yeah. And yeah. we introduce ourselves to the female characters as we go, and then we get backstory on those characters, versus the film or the show, which is just like here are all the characters. And what we're going to get to watch is how they interweave themselves eventually to meet Yorick and Ampersand. And that's what I right. think is the approach. I don't think the approach is going to make a big difference. I think the story is still going to be impactful. Uh, mm -hmm. And this episode, I think I felt as sick from this episode as I did from watching Promising Young Woman. Um, I did not expect uh, American Horror Story level gory episode yeah <laughs> i'll be honest yeah um, sounds yeah. like you guys weren't either no 
it was not i didn't really know what to expect really i i just uh knew i mean i knew very little going into it you know so i was very blind yeah definitely didn't expect that much i knew there's gonna be like a message for sure a lot of underlying themes to talk about but uh yeah without expecting this level <laughs> i kept waiting for it because uh, i could tell it was coming but you know i've read a good <laughs> right, i've read the yeah. entire comic but i've read a good chunk uh so i have a, a good idea vaughn's one of i have a lot of his stuff back here just because i like his writing um mm. I think that for a TV show, one, they dropped an F-bomb. I was impressed by that. Uh, two, yeah. there was almost nudity, which I know FX has been pushing that threshold for a long time. And then um, the acting was pretty freaking on point for a TV show. I was I was impressed. It drew me in. Um, specifically, uh, everything to do with um, uh, Diane Lane, uh, and all the characters surrounding her, and then uh, Yorick and his girlfriend. The scene with him and his girlfriend as they're talking about going to Australia, I was yeah, impressed by yeah. their exchange. Like it felt very natural and very real to me. Um, mm. Anyway, that stood out to me. And then of course, Ampersand's cute. Can't yeah. go wrong with a monkey. So, what are your guys' initial impressions of how the show's going to go? Uh, why don't we say, Mister Marvelite? Um, I like how it balanced kind of like between the time frames, just to kind of give you an idea of mm -hmm. where he is in, you know, the present time as all of the events have happened. And then you have this bounce back to the day of, and you're getting yeah. more of an, uh, a balance of who these characters are and where they're coming from. And you're realizing that a lot of the things that are happening are going to have no bearing, you know, on the future per se, you know, you're, you're, you're basically more just emotionally establishing yourself with the characters. Um, I was not expecting the children. And yeah. <laughs> that as a father, that kills me. Um, yeah. I was yeah, not yeah. prepared for that. Um, the one scene with the, with the mother that is running, carrying the little boy mm -hmm. like, like that. And then like the mother going into the bedroom to wake up the father and the son, like, Oh um, yeah. Oh my God. Like it's, yeah. it's visceral. It, no, yeah. Like it, it really tries to just now. And mind you, like you're talking about like FX, you know, the F bomb and stuff like that. FX has been doing a lot of like mind freaking stuff um, for a while. And I mean, I, I just go back and think about Legion and like the the risks that they took mm -hmm. with Legion, and then you come back to this, and you're you're. It messed me up. It, it, well, I wasn't prepared. I'm I'm more. I wasn't interested in the comic book, and I'm really not even sure if I still want to go back and go back to the source material, kind of for the same, re same reason that uh, Brian does. Um, mm -hmm. But I definitely am now emotionally invested in these characters for what they've gone through, right? Because I'm, I, you know, I want to understand more. I, I you know, and and I'm, I'm, I love that freaking monkey right now. But you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Like just seeing like. And I love the exchange between was it I think it was it wasn't it was Emily, I think, the congresswoman and and the president, where she calls him out and they're able to have that discord that the discourse, that exchange between the two. And he's like, you know, I miss being friends. And she's like, in two and a half years we can be friends. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the next day all of this happens. It's just it was it was very intense. I, I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How yeah, about no, you? I'm, I'm like oh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board. Like right away, like from just like the first ten minutes alone, I was on board with it. And 
yeah and right away there's all these little things that they're kind of all these seeds they're planting um and kind of like for you to like help you kind of anticipate things but also like they kind of make things they twist them in a way that you weren't really expecting um, like, like the there's all these yeah oh my god <laughs> oh damn i did yeah that i definitely didn't see that coming either i was like okay um yeah like that whole thing was just like where is this going i mean yeah but but also she's i mean she basically committed this crime this huge crime and now like no one's gonna know about it no one's gonna find out so we get to explore her, her character's Whoa. psyche yeah with this yeah, guilt yeah. from this crime, Man. which it's I thought was brilliant for an episode one. Yeah, yeah. This totally pilot, like, if this is a pilot, although, I don't know, do pilots even work the same way anymore? Because it doesn't feel like it. It feels like with shows like this where they've preset it and they've just determined they're doing it. And right. we don't ever see what would be considered a pilot anymore. Um, mm-hmm. You might still see it in some shows, but it doesn't feel like it with this kind of show. This show knew what it right, needed right. to do to hook your ass. Uh, and mm-hmm. it does. It does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally am on board and, yeah, definitely. And Ampersand is definitely like giving me anxiety because he keeps like doing stuff. And I like, I've watched a couple other episodes now too. And so it's like, stop, stop, just stay with Yurik, you know, because he keeps doing things and like getting Yurik in a kind of like situations now. It's like, oh my God, there's definitely some more going on where just like this monkey just needs to stop. I mean, I love him, but just keep him in that damn carrying case. Like, <laughs> man. To speak to what um, Mr. Marvelite had said, um, that it would be, there's definitely a note that if, if everybody, if all the men in the world died, and if you don't know the premise of this show, sorry, all the men in the world die. Yeah. All the, all the men, but two. And I'm talking about yeah, men, men every male yeah. species on the planet mm-hmm. perishes. So that includes dogs, cats, bears. Yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, and I'm assuming even like praying mantises, but a monkey with you know mm-hmm. with with y chromosomes and a, and a human yeah. male are the only Eric. two survivors yeah. that we know of and yeah. the world falls to pieces and there was a mention of how that says something about the patriarchy uh, and it absolutely does but at the same time if we said everybody if, if humans were asexual and one half of humans disappeared from the earth at the same time all societies would crumble because that's too many people leaving from important positions at the same time. So I, I understand that there's definitely going to be commentary about the patriarchy and it's important to know that, but I think our societies are structured in such a way that if that many people left us, it would be hard to adjust. I think we could get back, but it would be hard to adjust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it bothered me. I think we were talking about this in the chat beforehand. You know, it it just, I I felt like, cause, cause when you get farther into the episodes, cause I, I, I accidentally skipped two to go to three for a second. And I had to go back and go back to two. Um, and we're really kind of just talking about the first episode. There's this idea that, you know, power, power, the power grid's going down, you know, infrastructure is failing because there's no men. And it's like, okay, my first thought was that is really chauvinistic to think that there aren't women in these, in these, these thing these, these industries that would not be able to pick up and do what the men were doing. And, mm-hmm. and then I was thinking like, we need more women in STEM because it went, if this, if right. it, it's almost at the point like with, with, with the pandemic and stuff, like when this does happen and we're all gone, you know, you know, women don't necessarily need us and, and they can, they can figure it out because in my mindset, it would almost be like, you know, uh, I know of, I know of every, there's not a, there's not a single industry where I don't know 
that we have women that are doing those things. There may not be as many, and that's a problem. Um, but I don't think I don't think the world would have collapsed that way. And then you know, Snip has made the comment. You know, it it's more of the fact that the amount of people that are gone that you know would mm-hmm. cause those things to break down. And and at that point, I guess I do understand. But it just it really bothered me that 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 was the first thing that I'm. The, the, the first vibe I'm picking up from this from the show, you know, going into episode three. So, yeah, and you're and you're definitely not alone there because like a lot of people have, have felt that sentiment too, that I've that I've heard, you know, from other people. Um, yeah, and for me, it's just there's there's going to be a lot of stuff they touch that they're going to touch on. I mean, they there's even things like with the transgender roles being kind of touched on in this as well. There's transgender friend that um the i don't remember the character's name but the one we mentioned about mrs crime and the ambulance she has a friend um who is also transgender Hero. So that's an interesting yeah yes yes and so that's an interesting like aspect and they're like traveling along and everyone assumes it's you know because the transgender uh, man um so let me immediately like kind of like you see the reactions from the from the other women as they are traveling across the country kind of thing so uh, a lot of stuff to discuss obviously the patriarchy um and just gender roles in general and just so much i mean like the like i'm not a parent but like that that those moments too were like the children like the little boys and stuff were oh my god like it had it been it a girl as well i mean I, I have yeah. two girls, no boy, and I, so I understand where Marvelite's coming from. Had it been a boy that they were talking or a girl that we were talking about, I would have been, flo- I wouldn't have been able to get back up off the floor because it would have been too real for me because my imagination is sharp and I don't like it sometimes because it gives me anxiety with how somebody can describe something to me a little bit. So with the, when the movie is showing me and he, and I get to the audio especially, I can just walk right into that person's shoes very easily and just get destroyed. Um, it's probably why yeah. I love movies because they put me in a position where it doesn't take much for my mind to take that leap. Um, yeah, right. Cause I can make that leap without film, even with just a book or even just being told a story. Uh, so film, it just, maybe that's why I don't like bad film because it doesn't allow me to take that leap. Hmm. That could be me. Um, well, it's, you know, as a parent, like it, 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 becoming a parent has made it very difficult for me to watch certain films and, and, and these moments, like I'll, I'll tell you when I was, when I was a, a fresh father um i for whatever pre- reason was going on i think it was on netflix or something and there's the abcs of death and there's this one scene where there's this home intruder and the guy is on the phone with his wife and this home intruder kills the wife and then you hear the baby crying in the background and the guy's like hold on a minute and he just puts the phone down and is walking up the stairs and the guy is screaming on the phone to stop and you know what the guy is doing. I, I, I stopped watching the movie at that point. I mm. could not continue. And I have not ever finished that film because of that moment. And, and so. And nobody you know, be a jerk and redeem that, please. And I'm being genuine. That's not yeah, snarky. It's, it's, let's, let's not it's, torture it's him. It's just something as, yeah. And it, it's, I, I probably, now I probably could get through it. But I just, it's, I've never had a desire to go back to watch that film. As you shouldn't so. if you don't want to. Uh in fact, we do, of course, with the with the movie redemptions that we do offer, we reserve the right to say no, uh, obviously, um, yeah. because you could redeem something that we're just going to be like, nah, it's not, we're not watching that. Uh, and even if you redeem the room, 
there are stipulations about that. So we'll keep that out there. I knew I'd get a head shake from you. I knew I'd get a head shake from you. Um, that's not the same. <laughs> uh, no, that's, and, and it's not the same. You're right. Um, so far, I think the casting on this film or this, uh, this show is brilliant. Um, I, it's interesting to see Diane Lane do television uh, because she's always been uh, primarily a film actress, but this kind of shows that we're still in the golden age of television where Right. You can cross paths and do commercials now because yeah. they pay enough. Um, actors will do what you want them to if you if you get that crisp check out. Um, but I would too. In fact, I'm going to do a TikTok question about this, but I wanted to sample it with the two of you. So this is a great question. If you were given the choice between acting in uh, Fast and the Furious 10 uh, as the new villain with Vin Diesel... Or you were given an opportunity to do an artsy, you know, low budget film with, um, I don't know, somebody, somebody a little less uh, flashy, I guess. So I don't know, like Christian Bale wanted to do a, an artsy film, uh, but you know, you're not going to make the paycheck from the artsy film. It's just going to be you did this great piece with Christian Bale. Which which yeah. would you choose? I know right away. It has nothing to do with the money. It's my acting ability. And I feel like I would definitely jump on the Fast and Furious thing because my acting ability doesn't really hinge upon whether that film's going to do well or not. <laughs> Where this little intimate thing with Christian Bale, I got to, and plus if you're working with Christian Bale, even you got to, you better be on your game. So he's going to push I, you. So I, would, I would have a little more. Yeah, exactly. And I just have more flexibility. I think with being an over the top villain. Is the money you know? a factor? No, not for me. No. Okay. Okay, so for me, I'm, I'm I'm the complete opposite of Brian, and Brian is kind of the reason why I feel this way. So <laughs> when you guys did your live interview on TikTok, this is what what went in my head. I would rather do the artsy film with Christian Bale because I would rather build that connection that would possibly help me with future mm -hmm. contacts. Mm -hmm. Like for because the idea, like like that, the whole thing was where you said on on the TikTok where you're like, you know, it's not so much you know how to get yourself in the films as you do something. And then you get yeah. you, your reputation within that circle then means when they go to do something else, they're like, Hey, let's, let's add that person to this. And, and the idea that being able to go into something with Christian Bale and, and kind of learn from him. And then if I could oh, at least yeah. at some point build that relationship up, that could mean potentially more money than a career ending villain role in, <laughs> right. career ending i love that <laughs> no i love that no it's great that's perfect i love that so, i switched my answer to his <laughs> so for me for I me my act, I've, I've taken an acting class and i never want to do it again like but so this is why i know why my acting ability would not be up there so i imagine yeah, great. this great scenario movie. is the jeff goldblum joey uh episode on friends where he's trying to impress <laughs> Uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, and he has to pee, uh, and so his his pee angst is what gets him the role. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine that's how I would be around somebody like Christian. I don't think I would. I, I don't right. know if I could hold myself. I'd do it for the paycheck because then I could produce films I wanted and and maybe eventually hire Christian Bale if I did it right. I'm willing to take the same gamble, but the other direction because you could get on the other mm -hmm. side of the mm -hmm. camera with the money um, and stay on that side. Uh, becoming right. a producer or, you know, working on camera techniques or whatever it may be. I could put myself through freaking film school. Uh, yeah. I, I could do that. Um, yeah. 
Thank you for answering my it ridiculous question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also, you know, makes you wonder, you know, what people's priorities are. Um, I don't see anybody. Well, maybe I see somebody that we can raid. Maybe. Hmm. I thought that Black Girl Marvel was still on, but she obviously. No, she raided us at the beginning. That's right. She did. I forgot she oh, did cool. that. And I did say thank you for that. What was that? Is somebody drinking tea? Oh, no, that was my. That was me. Oh, nice. You went from a can to a glass. What are you drinking now? Now I'm drinking chocolate milk. Chocolate oat milk? Yeah. Chocolate oat milk. My mother-in-law drinks oat milk. It throws my brain uh, because it just means you took a lot of oat (laughs) and a lot of of water (laughs) and you squeeze the oats. I didn't know you could milk an oat. You, they do literally milk yeah. oats. Uh, in order really to really tiny them. hands. Yeah, a little, little yeah. like that. I love <laughs> that. That's, that's brilliant. All right. Um, I think we're just going to end the show this evening uh, because we honestly don't have uh, anybody that we can rate. And my chat isn't working anyway. This is why I've been less active with the chat. I apologize. You guys are awesome, though. Thank you for being here, everybody that is in chat. Um, and again, I don't like calling people out. That's kind of rude uh kind of love rude. you guys for hanging in there with the, a lot of the serious stuff too so that's yep. been yeah, and we really we want to touch on all these topics we want to no, do it all course, yeah. we want to touch yeah. all that's these what, films that are worth what we're talking about. about so exactly yeah. um you know i i think i think also you know we were we were talking about like we we're talking about some serious topics and i think you know we're, we are so cautious as 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 males to address them and i think the the point is i think men need to talk about this more but they need to understand that they're not the authority. Right. Right. And I think that's the thing, you know, we don't know everything. And if for us to claim it would be another, another issue, but you know, we need to be willing to speak up and, you know, and that's the thing, you know, everyone should be welcome here. And at the same time, you know, never feel like we're like, you know, preaching down your throat about something. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, and we never mentioned Laverne Cox and, and that seems wrong uh, considering that we did talk about, Oh, we did. No, I did mention Laverne Cox and talking about a trans uh, actress and how she didn't feel mm-hmm. like uh, a trans. Uh, oh yeah, like it woman wasn't even, she wasn't, wasn't even addressed. Thing, like mentioned, right. yeah, exactly. So, which yeah, I thought was brilliant. Was uh, as I sit here and point it out, of course, which is terrible. But yeah. at the same time, recogni- recognition uh, is also. Wait, very we, were, we were doing so good until you said something. I know I'm terrible. <laughs> um, thanks oh, for the great I, show, let me guys. Just say, that 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 bomb scene. We, we didn't even talk about that bomb scene. That was fantastic, by the way. In Why so, the Last Man? In Why, yes, in Why. Oh, yeah. It was. That was I fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for being here, guys. Okay. Uh, thank you, the two of you, my awesome and always wonderful, with lots of wonderful insight go, co-hosts, all the movie things, and Mr. Marvelite. Next work, next work, next week, we will have a Black Girl Marvel back, and we will have another pre-review with Sean. Uh, so look forward to that and be aware next week we will start our initial spooky month so we're going to be doing a bunch of different horror movies and we've tried to pick a bunch of stuff that these guys have never seen because they don't do a lot of horror movies so a lot uh, i've seen yeah so stay tuned for (laughs) some some blind reactions and some and some anxiety ridden shows you guys have a great (laughs) night from the real study good night